homies? Welcome back to the Outkick Bets Podcast. This is the Hot Links Gambling Show. We're here to discuss, well, it's Jeff Clark. I'm here with the homie Dan Z, Connecticut resident, to help me break down the Travelers Championship 2023 in his home state at TPC River Whoa, Highlands. whoa, 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 whoa. Did I mess Please it up? Please do not refer to Connecticut as my home state. Okay. It is my current state of residence, not my home state. Off to I a bad gr- start. Sorry. I take great offense to that. Didn't mean to offend you. I've been to Connecticut a few <laughs> times. My uncle lives out there, and I never wanted to move out there myself. So I understand where you're coming from, buddy. No, Pennsylvania is my home state. But, yes, I am a Connecticut resident. I will be attending the Travelers, uh, I believe, two of the four days. And uh, I do look forward to it. It is pretty much the best sporting event that happens in Connecticut every year. Yeah, I guess that's, what, 20 minutes outside of Hartford? Does that sound accurate? Yeah, it's in a town called Cromwell. It's about, I don't know, 25, 30 minutes from where I live, depending on traffic. It's called the People's Championship. Um, it's the second most attended event on the PGA Tour behind the People's Open, which is the Phoenix Open, Waste Management. So Yeah, again, there's nothing to do here. So this comes around, and it's something to do. Yeah, it's usually a pretty strong field at the uh, Travelers Championship because of how excited the crowd is. Um, this year is actually the best field in the history of the Travelers because it's an elevated event, and it's going to be a test on the golfers just because they had to fly all the way across country um last week the u.s open which i took a thrashing in was at the los angeles country club uh, yeah we which, should should talk about that a little bit for sure um much different layout much different course obviously across the country but yeah my my u.s open was it was an effing nightmare. <laughs> I mean, it was it was brutal. I was, I think all of my golfers besides Patrick Cantley were in um, place to make some money entering the fourth round, and the only one that did was Tom Kim, who comfortably cashed the top ticket, a uh, top twenty ticket for me. I think he finished six. I don't know. I'll pull it up here. Um, I didn't do anything in our pool for that. I mean, I didn't make any money in our pool. I didn't make any money in our Survivor League. So it was it was a terrible, terrible showing for me. And I'm down 15 units in the BGA Tour this year. Huge bummer. Um, do you have a rosier picture to paint about the U.S. Open or no? Uh, I cashed a little bit in DFS. Both my, D- both my lineups in the Millionaire Contest doubled their money, so... It was fifty dollars in entries, and I won fifty bucks. Um, I had Ricky Fowler in both of them, which helped. I I felt like I was kind of right around the target. I suggested Wyndham Clark in my article that I wrote for Outkick, but I didn't bet him, and I'm I will never stop being mad at myself for that. But I did use him in one of my DFS lineups, which helped. Um, no, I mean I had an outright on Ricky Fowler. I felt real good about. And, you know, obviously shit his pants on Sunday. Uh, I had a top 10 on Sam Bennett that I felt amazing about until he absolutely, he didn't even just like shit his pants. He like shit his pants, his bed, (laughs) shit all over his room. He cried publicly. Like just brutal, brutal 79 on Saturday to just completely wipe him out of contention and even play that badly on Sunday. Like if he just played a normal round, top 10 was well within reach. That one hurt. Cause I, re- I was counting the Sam Bennett top 10 money after, after round two when he was five under and in, in the top five. But, uh, so yeah, it wasn't great for me either. Um, didn't get the winner in our pool, which hurt cause I was doing really well, but thankfully it was Wyndham Clark. So no one really got the winner. But Scheffler and McElroy getting those high finishes kind of hurt a little bit. Wait, no one really, but no one specifically got the winner, right? No, no one bet Wyndham one, Clark. One person picked Wyndham oh, Clark. Oh, what a G! Yeah, that's impressive. And they person, won the whole week, right? They did win the week. Yeah. Okay, cool. Do you know who else was on their card? 
Uh, I could look it up while you uh, continue it's talking. It's not that but... important. I was, uh, I was uh, now I'm curious. Yeah. Um, That's yeah, like I mean... when I nailed the... Uh, I even got kudos from the commissioner who does... You know, we, we talk not that often. But he shot me a note because the week of the team's event with the New Orleans, I picked both Davis Riley and Nick Hardy in my lineup. And he was like, why did you pick them? And I'm like, don't know. Had a feeling. And they ended up winning, and I won that week by, like, a ton. No one had either one of them, let alone both of them. You should have done some gamesmanship. It's like, oh, I got the script. <laughs> <laughs> I hacked the PGA Tour mainframe and got the script. I do like that. <laughs> let me see. All right, here we go. He had uh, – oh, wow, he cleaned up. He had Wyndham Clark, Scotty Scheffler, and Cam Smith. Damn. Damn. Yeah. Six million bucks in total earnings. The next closest was three point eight. I jumped in on Cam Smith, just a tiny little sprinkle. The top ten, I think, after round two. Um, that's probably my biggest regret is not going um, going into the U.S. Open with him on my card. I hit him at the Open last year, and the wide fairways, generous fairways. I thought we're going to make it much better for him because he. Uh, if he wasn't gonna, if wasn't gonna get into trouble off the tee, his putting is just absolutely insane. So I thought that as long as he can hit these fairways, which are pretty wide, he'll get some birdie opportunities. That guy, I said in my um, handicap forum mid mid event about about Cam Smith going top ten. It's like I actually think he puts better than anyone does anything in golf. Like he's so lights wow. out putting, you know, because like. Scotty Scheffler is the best ball striker, considerably, but there's certain tournaments that maybe, you know, uh, uh, McElroy or Rom could out ball strike him. I always think Cam Smith is just nails when it comes to putting. But I mean, he was the only one, you know, watching the broadcast on Sunday, and I, I got a chance to watch it with my dad, which was cool because, you know, he lives in Pennsylvania and I, I spent the weekend there. And, um, he just kept saying, like, I don't think I've ever seen professional golfers miss from inside 10 feet as often as they are missing. Like, they're not making – but except every time they cut to Cam Smith, it was him rolling in, like, a 12, 15-footer. <laughs> and crazy. none of them were straight – like, they weren't straight putts. That's why they weren't making. Like, you know, these guys 10 feet up the hill, they're making that nine times out of 10. If it's just, like, a 10-footer straight up a hill, like, they're going to make that. But, like, you never had that. It was almost always downhill – and it had almost always two feet of break on it. And then you see Cam Smith taking that that route, like, boop, right in the cup. But nobody else was making any putts. And they were missing short. Like, Scheffler did what I worried about, which is why I didn't bet him, at least to win, was because he didn't putt well. Actually, he didn't putt that badly, as he like as he has been, and relative to the field. But he, he did what he's been doing lately, man. He missed some really, really short putts that just crushed him. Yeah, that guy is legit 10 putts away from, like, three more victories this year. Like, it's crazy. <laughs> to me, the craziest thing in that entire tournament is that the guy who finished first and the guy who finished second both had a swing and a miss in a major golf tournament and finished first and second. Yeah. Did you see that live, by chance, Rory's? I, saw, I didn't see Clark's. I saw, I saw Rory's, yeah. Like, it was, again, I was watching it with my dad and his buddies after we got done. It was in thick golf. rough, right? My, my, my. Yeah, but it was like greenside rough. Like, you, I could like we couldn't believe it. We literally like watched it and we're like, "What just, what just happened?" And the guys on the broadcast were like, "He swung underneath it," and I was like, "There's no way. There is no way there was enough room for his club to go underneath that golf ball and not move it at all. There's no way." So yeah. he either missed completely like missed the spot like left or right or swung over top of it but there's no way he swung underneath it. no way it's physically impossible that he swung underneath that golf ball so he swung and missed like it was a legitimate swing and a miss and then clark swung and missed on sunday like while he was leading which was kind of crazy i don't know why he tried to hit that shot his was a little more forgivable because it was actually in like a bush yeah you remember that shot right on the par five Mm -hmm. Did you not watch on Sunday? I watched. Yeah, I watched. I watched uh, on the, the the PM. I missed the morning. 
um, stuff because I was a little sick. And it was on the par five when Clark missed to the left, and he was up in that like bush. Not the first one, right? Not the whole one par five, was it? Because I might have missed that if that was the whole one par five. Not whole one, no. It was like whole seven or eight or wherever the second par five on the course was. They kept saying in the final round broadcast how Rory's U.S. Open final round was pretty similar to the Open, that that Cam Smith one, where he just, I think he hit like 17 of 18 greens in regulation and had one birdie, which was on hole one. And that was, he just couldn't hit a putt. Nope. And he wasn't. That was the crazy thing sort of about Rory was like, you know, Scheffler hit some bad putts, like rolled it by by like six feet or, you know, it had a ton of break on it, but it was like not within a foot of the hole when it when it Rory had a lot of putts that were like just just missed. Yeah. Online, like just ran out of speed at the end, just missed the cup high, low, like his speed was on. He was actually, I thought, putting pretty good. They just weren't dropping. Whereas, like, if you watch Scheffler, like Dustin Johnson had one, had a, had more than one, where it was like it wasn't even close. You're like, that's that's a bad putt. Like that is a bad putt. Like that's not close to being in. Dustin For Johnson sure. had like a five footer that he missed, like a foot away from the hole. Like that shouldn't happen to a pro. Like I get it. It breaks a little more than you think. I understand these greens are hard, but you shouldn't be missing by a foot from six feet like you shouldn't be i mean you know not distance wise but like literally it was like a foot left of the hole it's like how did you hit it that far out where did you think it was gonna go but rory didn't i as far as i can remember rory didn't have any of that they were all close so i'm telling you it's the open vibes i mean it was just same thing i was locked in on that tournament because i had smith and young and he just you did he was took a bath but but you did take 50 bucks off me Oh, yeah. Yeah, we running that back again, Rory versus Rom. Yeah, obviously. Rory doesn't play well at the Travelers, so I feel good. Do you look at that, though? Because him not playing well is a T-17 or better in four straight starts. Like, he has no missed cuts. Like, he's, not, he's not playing that bad. At the Travelers? Yeah. Yeah, but he doesn't play well at the Travelers. <laughs> I've, I've watched... I've watched him live. He doesn't Fair look enough. that impressive at the Travelers. Hey, I watched him. Okay. I watched him skull a shot over a green and into the water. And it was last year when we were there. We were literally standing right there. My buddies and I all looked at each other and went, "Rory's never coming back here." <laughs> like after that shot, I was like, "He's never coming back to this golf course." He's probably like, "Fuck this golf course. Fuck Central Connecticut. I'm never coming back." But he's back because it's an elevated event, and he's not going to sacrifice another three million bucks. <laughs> yeah. Uh, Rom's three starts at the Travelers, 2020, 37th, uh, 2016, 25th, 2015th, 64th. Rory's four starts at the Travelers, 2022, 19th, 2020, 11th, 2018, 12th, 2017, 17th. So I don't feel that bad about it. You shouldn't. You're probably getting positive odds, and that might be a matchup. I didn't look, but it's probably a matchup. But I feel good about it because – I think Rom, I mean, Rom was never really in contention to win the U.S. Open. I think Rory's going to have to deal a little bit with the disappointment of not winning and being in it the entire way. So I think there's going to be a little bit more of a hangover effect on Rory, whereas, like, for Rom, it's just another golf tournament. He wasn't going to win the U.S. Open at any point. He sort of knew it. Like, he wasn't He wasn't in contention. Yeah. I don't see he that as backdoor a... top 20? He did play well on Sunday with no pressure, yeah. I mean, right now, Rory and Rom have exactly identical win odds. Uh, Rom is, is this slightly on uh, on DraftKings. Okay. On Ra- on DraftKings, Rory and Rom are both uh, twelve to one. Rom has just very slightly better top five odds, two sixty to two eighty, and very slightly better top ten odds, one thirty to one fifty. So their matchup would probably be, if not minus one ten, minus one ten. Maybe what fifteen oh five, but but pretty close. Yeah, their matchups are Cantley minus one thirty versus McElroy plus one oh five, and then Rom's going against Scheffler. Rom's laying minus one fifty five. Uh Rom's getting uh plus one twenty five. So yeah, you're you're right. I'm I'm probably gonna take McElroy over Cantley. I, I am a little butthurt about Cantley, uh, if I'm being honest. But I also have McElroy as uh, my my highest power rated golfer for the Travelers. 
um, and Cantley's fourth. So not that bad, but he did set the course record or the amateur PGA Tour amateur record. Um, I think in 2011 at the Travelers, he shot a 61 round. So Cantley's a weird golfer, man. Like I. I'm starting to think just You're a Cantley whisperer, so explain to me what the hell happened yeah. last week. So I've been a fan of his for a long time. But I think the problem is just his game doesn't travel that well. And there are some courses like the Memorial, and I think this is one of them, that he just tears apart and it makes his stats overall look so good. But when he gets to these tough setups, like his, it's like his game does not travel to them. Like he needs, mm. like I don't think the Travelers, like TPC River Highlands, is a particularly hard golf course. Like I've played it, it's not a particularly difficult golf course. The greens aren't that tough, certainly not relative to what we just saw. They're small. So yeah, yeah, they are. But like, there's a lot of short holes. Like you just got to be kind of smart think your way around it i think cantley can do all that but yeah it just it just seems to me that his game doesn't travel that well that's that's kind of the conclusion i've come to yeah where would you better are, because he's usually like at a place like this i see what you're saying so there's just a few courses he bodies yes but exactly i got you okay because he's mostly considered a west coast guy that's why i think he got a lot of love uh from the market and myself included and he was, and he was never in it Never. And it's a it's a course, the LACC is a course where you're going to pull driver a lot, and he's one of the best drivers on tour. So uh, we don't have to relive that. Um, let's discuss the Travelers Championships looks that, you, that we have. I uh, published my starting five for the Travelers uh, a couple hours ago, Tuesday, June 20th. So I got, I got five guys that I, I can talk about here. Well, I can talk about whoever you have as well. Who Who's on your card? Who's the, the highest favorite or or the sh- the longest shot you got? Whatever way you want to tackle this. Go ahead. I mean, you could start. I, I don't want to hear what you got to say. I actually want you to defend Max Homa because I got, I got stuff to say about him. Okay. Um, well, I'll go with my, my biggest favorite. I'm, I'm putting a half unit on, on Victor Hovland now up to plus 2,000. I'm going to go a full unit on him at top 10. Um, and DraftKings is plus 200. But honestly, I'm going to bet MGM because they're the only major sports book. Uh, let's keep this between us, guys. They're the only major sports book that doesn't apply dead heat rules. They'll, they'll pay out ties fully, and that's a huge thing. And the betting on but they golf. Do, they do give you lower odds, though, right? Yeah. To account like, for that. Like Victor Hall. Well, sometimes. Uh, Victor Hovland, this one specifically, yes. he's His top 10 is plus 150, I bet, MGM, and at DraftKings is plus 200. But I would I I would much rather just, like, lose the 50 cents on the dollar and get a, you know, get a get a win if he, if he ties top 10 or ties five ways in a top eight or something like that. And golf betting is becoming more and more popular. So this dead heat stuff is starting to gain more traction. People are starting to learn about it and be like, oh, shit. So, again, between us, DraftKings is a sponsor. Love them. Use them for all your outrights. Use them for your end-of-round leaders. Use them for your tournament matchups for, for placements, though. Might might hit BetMGM. Well, end of now, do they does BetMGM? Because dead heat can apply for end-of-round leader, too. Do you know if BetMGM allows, like, if you tie for the lead, do they pay it in full? Because that's I, I'm sure it's a dead, dead heat. heat. No, I'm sure that's a dead heat. That's what I'm saying. They're, I know their placements, they'll pay out fully, oh. but everything else, like, go to DraftKings, a sponsor. And they have sick odds for a lot of these. Um, some of the best prices on the market. No no bullshit. So, I'm going Hovland. Um, he, I mean, he's killing it lately. You made money off of him on the, on the memorial, right? Um, he really doesn't have a bad showing. Lately, I mean, he was, I think, 19 with an even par at the U.S. Open. He reportedly hated the course. Um, there's going to be a lot of, like, wedges and short irons, and he's money from 125 to 175, which is a lot of the approaches. He's uh, awesome at these short par fours, 400 to 450. There's, like, eight of those holes at TBC River Highlands. I mean, you know, he's 
I think the fifth best golfer in the world, uh, according to the official world golf rankings. And obviously his results back that up. He's got seven top 10 finishes this year. So going with Hovland, I don't think there's a lot of pushback from you. Um, I guess my last point is everyone criticizes his short game. Uh, It's really just his chipping, which could be an issue, but his putting has been lights out lately, especially on bent grass, which is uh, the the grass used for the greens at TPC River Highlands. Any any anti Hovland thoughts? Any pro Hovland thoughts? Um, I probably wouldn't back Hovland here personally. Um, that's all I have to say about it. <laughs> Fair enough. We don't need to drill down any deeper. I thought you no, were going to be on... like, okay. I do. I like Victor here. Um, I just don't love him. And I, I, I do think his price is a little low, but you know, I don't, I mean, like I said, I, I I'm a big Victor Hovland fan. I think he's, you know, one of the most talented players. I just think this setup, like you, you just need everything to be solid. Like that's why you had winner, like past winners, like Shoffley and Harris English, like not necessarily guys that you consider to be like excellent at like, and you just can't have any real holes in your, like even Cantley is a guy like he doesn't have any real holes in his game. I think his problem is like, he just doesn't do anything elite enough ever to go out and win a major, which is what you kind of have to do, which was like, I mean, Wyndham Clark just blasted the ball all weekend and actually putted really well. Um, yeah, I think he went 360 on one drive. Just like crushed He was blasting it. the ball. Yeah. He was blasting the ball. He was blasting the ball. Because there's no water. And, uh, Wide fairways. Like, hell, whatever. Just go for it. I just I just worry about Hovland's short game being a hole in his game that, that hurts at this course. That's all. Oh, that's a fair. That's a fair criticism, and I don't have much pushback to that. Um, I just know the greens are very small. That guy's dialed in with his irons. He's he's crushing with the putting. If he Which, misses by the, the green, way, it could be an issue. Is why I'm. I mean, I'm going to be on Ricky Fowler this week. I know it kind of goes. It's a little hypocritical to say like, oh, Rory might have a hangover, um, and Fowler wouldn't after what just happened. But first of all, as I mentioned on the U.S. Open podcast, I, I felt like his price was great going into the U.S. Open because he missed the cut at the PGA. But now adding another one, he's now top 20 eight of his last nine events. The missed cut at the PGA is literally the only non-top 20 for Ricky Fowler. And he's still 40 to 1 in this tournament, which I think is, like, I thought there'd be a massive adjustment, but I guess the meltdown on Sunday drove his price down a little bit. But... He doesn't really have any major holes in his game now that he can actually hit driver like pretty good. Irons are there. Obviously, he puts lights out. Short game's solid. Um, I actually I like Fowler still. I still like Fowler quite a bit at this course at this spot, and I can't wait to. I don't think I've ever actually seen him play live, so this will be a first for me, which I'm also very excited about. Um, is that to say he's never oh, – okay, he has played at the Travelers. He's missed the cut the last two years, 13 and 13, but 2013, 2010. So it looks like he took like a seven, eight-year break. He hasn't been Travelers. here, right? Yeah. I didn't think so. Interesting. I think he – both of his starts were before I even moved to this godforsaken state. Well, the point that you're making about Ricky Fowler um, is something that I heard Pat Mayo talk about, who's like, I think – either the mascot of Fantasy National, which is the the model service that I use or started at. I'm not really sure. But I guess like three of the past five Travelers winners like flamed out in the last round in the U.S. Open. And then, you know, everyone kind of went off of them. Yeah, like Harris English did it a couple years ago. He won the Travelers and he kind of blew up a little bit in the U.S. Open, which – which which kind of bodes well for Ricky Fowler. And as part of my analysis for – for liking Tom Kim, the the second guy in my card, I also think his game fits this uh, course really well. And he didn't have like your typical flame out. He actually played really well in every round except for the first one. Um, but I really like Tom Kim um, because you know he's always playing from the fairway. You know you don't want to get into trouble on this course. Um, you know um, it is a park line uh, thinking man's course, like you've already said. 
Um, I am nervous, though, that we are getting the worst of the number. I saw it open up at plus 5,500, and I was like, hell yeah. And now it's down to plus 3,500. Um, so... Maybe people are buying or drinking the same Tom Kim Kool-Aid as me. He's played really well recently, though. Uh, you know, obviously, T8 last week at the U.S. Open. I think he was T16 at the Masters. Played pretty well at the PGA Championship, if I can remember correctly. Or maybe it was the Memorial. But um, I, I love, you know, his his mid-iron game, his wedge game. Um, he His first win on tour was the Wyndham Championship, which was a comp course, uh, Sedgefield. As a comp course to uh, TPC River Highlands, and like I said to you offline, and I, and I wrote this on my article, you know it's uh, it's going to be a lively crowd as you can speak to, and and he got fired up for the Presidents Cup. Um, he likes to play to the crowd. He's he's like a very social dude, and I think like the energy in the crowd, he, he's going to kind of feed off of. And his biggest weakness is putting. He's been putting really well lately. And he's got two wins in the last calendar year where he put the lights out. So it is possible that it gets hot with the putter. Um, I am a little pissed that I'm getting late to the number, though, if I'm being honest. Any Tom Kim thoughts? None. All right. Good luck. <laughs> I need it. All right, let's talk about Max I, I just, Homa. Okay. I just haven't been, I haven't been following him closely enough to, like, really give. Like, he's not. You know, he's he kind of he's one of those guys that like screwed me once and I've just kind of been ignoring him. Ever. What's up, everyone? It's Nick Wright. And I got something exciting to talk to you about today. Angie, your ultimate destination for getting all your jobs done well. Now, Angie isn't just your average home services marketplace. It's a game changer with over 150 million homeowners served and a network of over 200,000 skilled pros. Angie has experience and expertise to tackle any project with ease. Whether you're looking to spruce up your backyard or undergo a major home renovation, Angie's got your back. And their pros are locally based, often running small businesses right in your community. And here's the best part. Angie makes the process seamless. From researching and comparing pros to scheduling services at your convenience, Angie's user-friendly platform puts you in control. So why settle for anything less than perfection when it comes to your home? With Angie, you can trust every project will be completed with the utmost care and professionalism. So get started at Angie.com. That's A-N-G-I or download the app today to discover why homeowners across the nation are turning to Angie to get all their jobs done well. Yeah, that's Xander. And then Xander will string together consecutive top tens. I'm like, whoa, Xander. Won the, and they, then won, they, won, they won it last year. Yeah, yeah. On, uh, road to, or on route to back-to-back victories, he won the Scottish Open the next week or his next event. I'm not sure if that's an next week's tournament um max homa though you mentioned this guy up top uh i was on the edge of betting him at plus four thousand and then i woke up this morning and was plus five thousand i was like all right i'm in i i I can't pass on this number um i believe he's a top 10 golfer in the world he's top 15 in total strokes gain on the pga tour he was the second most bet golfer by tickets at the Superbook in Las Vegas last week at the U.S. Open, most by the money. He was plus 2,500 at the U.S. Open, and now he's plus 5,000. I just view it as a huge overreaction. I don't think we talked about Max Homa last week, Dan, but if we did, I would have told you that course doesn't fit his game at all. I know he's a West Coast guy, and he typically plays well at the West Coast, and I guess he set the, the, the club record during the PGA or the Pac-12 championship when he was in college. Still, he's not very long off the tee. I don't look at – he's not a very good driver, so I never thought he was a threat to win that 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 event. I like this course just a lot better for him, honestly. Um, again, small greens, he, he's dialed in with that, the the um, the irons typically. Um, he's an elite putter, so that's why he's got a pretty good birdie average. Um, he's great on these short uh, par fours, and – you know, this is the biggest number, the biggest odds he's had all year. Uh, he was plus 4,000 at the PGA Championship. Again, another course he stood zero chance in. 
Zero chance. And like people are thinking like, yeah, t- Max Home was playing really bad. He's got two top tens in the last four starts. One of which uh, at the Charles Schwab uh, Colonial Country Club is a comp course. And another thinking man's course. Grand is out in Texas, but similar like course layout. He also won the Wells Fargo when it was at TPC Potomac a few years ago. And that's another comp course. So I think I'm getting a buy low spot on Max Homa. I expect pushback out of you. And frankly, I probably aren't going to have a lot of good rebuttals to your pushback because it's fair. It's baked into the number, but I think it's a good number. So I'm I'm jumping at it. Yeah, he just kind of stinks. Yeah. I mean, <laughs> he just is not playing great golf right now. And if I remember correctly, you said his traveler's history is terrible. Four miscuts, four starts. Which, not good. I, I, again, like I, this is one of those courses that I, I, I don't always take course history into account a, a ton, a ton. But like I don't, I don't think this setup changes really that much each time, and this is the most elevated field. That so he's missing the cut before it was an elevated event. Now we're gonna put him in this field and expect him to do better. Flying across the country after a disappointing U.S. Open, uh, I, I just, I don't, I, I don't see it. I don't see what you see here. And I the, hope you're right. I honestly, I do. I would love for you to, for this to be like your freaking moment where you were just like, I nailed Max Homa, who just, I just knew this was his tournament. I, I, I got it. him at the Farmers. Um, I think I twenty five to one though. No, four missed cuts at the Travelers. You're on to something. This is supposedly, course history is supposedly very sticky at TPC River Highlands. Um, And, yeah, if he couldn't make the cut when it was a strong but not elevated field, doesn't bode well for him here. I guess what I'm hung on is just, like, he's got the same odds now. Now he's down to plus 4,500 at DraftKings. He has the same odds as Sung J.M., who, you you know, I love Sung J.M. I've probably lost more money on Sung JM at this point than I've won. Another guy who suddenly just can't seem to do anything. No, he is legitimately terrible the past like two months. Whereas like Max Homa. He's he's third in the FedEx Cup, right? Like he's having a good season. He's having an awesome season. I I think I said to you, or maybe I wrote it up and didn't say it to you, but Sung JM has two career wins. Max Homa's won twice this year. You know, he was second at the Genesis uh, behind John Rahm. Like he's had awesome i think he was six at the players he's played great this year whereas like sun jm has had some flashes but never was really going to win any of these tournaments more backdoor placements um and then i see hideki matsuyama again i mean if you listen to this podcast you know how i feel about hideki matsuyama he's plus four thousand it's like yeah hideki's not making enough putts to win (laughs) There's a world Max Homa. I mean, the guy's been a lights out the putter the whole season. You know, it would be more surprising if that's the way he choked on this on this course than anything else. So, I just compare him to the rest of the the rest of the field, the rest of the odds, and it's like you know, I this is legitimately a buy low point. Again, this is the best price you've had on Max Homa the entire year. So, and like I said to you, if if I lose this one, whatever. It's like part of gambling. Like, hey, hey, you know, I think I'm getting a good number. I'm willing to lose money on it. So that's where I'm at. Next guy on my uh, list, another Korean dude who I've successfully backed uh, at the Sony Open this year, Wildlife Country Club, Siwoo Kim. Got him at plus 5,000 on a book that shall not be named. Also hitting my top 20, plus 175. Bet MGM just gotta gotta throw it out there for you guys because the no dead heat rules. Um, he's first in this field. Strokes gained T to green on short easy courses. I'm not sure how easy TPC River Highlands is. Like the winning score is usually minus 17, but they're usually a runaway victory. So I think it's like a medium to easy course. Either way. Uh, it does set up well for, for Siwoo. He was T2 at another easy course, uh, the ATT, Byron Nelson, T4 at the Memorial, which is a tough course, not in any way, shape, form similar to TPC River Highlands, but 
He's great from 150 to 175, which is a ton of approach shots. Hits birdies. Uh, great ball striker and always playing from the fairway. Um, I got him ninth in my power rankings. He's 12th best odds. So there, there's the value in my head. Um, I thought you were kind of on Siwoo. No? I mean, I've been on him um, at times throughout this season. Um, yeah, I mean, I don't, I don't hate that look at all. I don't, again, I, I haven't, he's not a guy that I've like dived way into here. I'm kind of hanging around like, I'm kind of hanging around that like just below the top tier. Like I'm not going to be betting Scheffler or Cantlay or McElroy or Rom or Xander for that matter. Um, I really like this mid range with Fowler at 40. Obviously I like him. I think there's some value in, believe it or not, Brian Harmon. Like, again, you want to talk course history. Like, no one can match his course history. Uh, Harmon is here. His He missed the cut in 2020, which was the COVID year. His other last, he's played in this tournament. This will be the sixth year in a row he's played in the tournament. He's got four top tens. Eight, five, eight, six. His, his top ten odds in this on DraftKings, plus 500. Five to one to do something he's done four out of the last five trips here. So perhaps it's something. And Mickelson's played well here too. I'm trying to think. Like, is does it, is it weirdly set up for lefties? Like, it has to, right? Like, wh- why are the lefty? Because Bubba Watson won this tournament three times. Left-handed. There must be something about being left-handed at this golf course that is a benefit. Because... Mickelson, Watson, and Harmon have all played well at this course. I have no no idea how you got there, but you're making sense. I it just sort of can't. I was like, well, I was looking at course history, like you know who has the best course history, and I noticed Brian Harmon jumped off the page like eight five eight six, yeah, four I mean, top tens and five starts. You're Brian educating Harmon. the listeners on that one. I, I knew I, I knew Brian Harmon goes really well at this course. He does, and then, but then it's starting to get me thinking, like, you know, I know Mickelson has played well there, and then, of course, Bubba Watson, like, again, living in Connecticut, I know Bubba Watson has won the event, like, several times. That was This was like the Bubba Watson Open at one point, like, joking. Right? I think he won it three times. I know he won it at least twice in, like, the last, I think, ten years. Because what's-his-face, Ryan uh, Close from, from Betsperts does, like, the last 10 winners and I only go back five. I don't, yeah, I don't... He's cashed as of 2021. He had cashed. He had won three times and cashed uh, over $5 million at that tournament alone. Um, Damn. Hopefully he's given some charity money to Connecticut based. <laughs> charity. This is so interesting. Like, is there now I'm trying to think like having played the course, like, is there an advantage of being left-handed? I don't, I mean, this is so far out of my depth. You know, I've, Wait, I've is Brian the... Harmon left-handed? Am yeah. I making that up? Yeah, he is right. Brian Harmon's left-handed. Now yeah, you have okay. me wondering. Yeah, is I was Denny like, McCarthy no, left-handed? I'm trying to think of another. Okay. No, he's not. Because I usually get those two mixed up. So if 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 you're is... confirming Brian McCarthy is not left-handed, then I, then yeah, I would you say just, Brian. Ah, you just put them together. Did you hear that? Yeah, yeah, yeah I did. Yeah. <laughs> Brian McCarthy. <laughs> um, I think the only other lefty that I can think of is uh, Garrick Hago, right? And he's probably not in this event. Dude, I don't know. <laughs> I don't know anymore. I don't know. I don't know how. Higo uh, is in this event. Oh, and he's a long, long shot. That might be a fun one. That might be fun to just throw a. Uh, are you thinking for the full tournament or first round leader? He gets off to the gets off to a I quick mean, start. He's three fifty to one to win, but his top ten odds are twenty two to one. I kind of like. Now that we're talking through this, I kind of like Garrick Higo top 10 at 22 to 1. That's not bad at all. Has he done anything this year? I mean, he's 102nd on my model. There's I love that. 156. <laughs> I mean, yeah. <laughs> he has lost with the Irons in 1, 2, 3, 4, 5, 6, 7, 8 straight events. Perfect. He, he's always gaining off the tee. But that's back spot. That's not that's not very important here at the Travelers. What has he done at the Travelers? Two missed cuts back to back. But Gannon 
off the tee and with the irons. Just sucks around the green. So if he misses that green, he uh, might be out there for a little bit, just chipping away. I don't care. I'm throwing a little. I'm throwing a ducket on Garakega. Just so you're gonna do like your. I know you don't like outright or you don't like placements, but this this MF ain't winning this. He's not. So yeah, you're gonna 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 try to you're gonna break your rule maybe go top twenty or top thirty or. I've started throwing some placements. I told you I had Sam Bennett top ten. I had Eric Cole top five, which again looked okay. Had a shot at it, and then had one terrible round. Um, I think Eric like, Eric Cole is quietly becoming everyone's favorite golfer. I know he I know he screwed you last week, but well, I like him because he's a PXG guy. I mean, I'm a PXG guy. Yeah, so we have that in common. Yeah, you guys. Are, <laughs> yeah, for sure. Um. Who else do I have in my car? Oh, I got one more. I got a long shot myself. Another for- a foreigner, <coughs> not from South Africa like Hego, but I'm going with Sepp Straka, Austrian guy. I just watched the uh, Arnold Schwarzenegger documentary on Netflix. Heard it was good. Oh, it was phenomenal. Did you watch the uh, the 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 Jordan one, Last Dance? Uh, ESPN, yeah, yeah. I I mean, it's pretty much Last Dance with Arnold Schwarzenegger. It it kicks so much ass. They brought like. All of the people that he did movies with on, they all like sat down for an interview. James Cameron, Jimmy Lee Curtis, even Sylvester Stallone, who he never really did a movie with. Anyways, that has nothing to do with anything. I'm going Sepp Straka plus 400 to top 20. Um, and I'm also taking him at 150 to 1. It's more of a gut feeling play, to be honest. I mean, he's top 20 in greens and regulation, good drives, which is like a mixture of uh, accuracy and distance. Uh, top 20 in approach. He's, he, he is good in the 125 to 175 bucket. Not a very good putter, so he doesn't convert a lot of these. Um, but he, like, randomly pops in hard tournaments, which, granted, the uh, the Travelers is not a hard tournament, but, like, he won the 2022 Honda. He was fifth at the 23 Honda in the settled defense. And, like, if you could play well at that course, you're kind of alive in any event, I would say. Um trying to pull him up right now he's 16th at the memorial seventh at the pga championship again these are not comp courses at all i'm just saying like you know he he randomly flashes you know seventh of the tour championship which is a comp course tpc river highlands um second at the fedex st jude which i believe is tpc southwind another tpc course um, I'm running out of reasons to bet Sepp Straka, but you don't need a ton of them if you're going to bet 151 shot. He's 15th in my key stat model, pretty good at these short par four. So I'm taking a flyer. I wanted to get the nice starting five out there. It was in my budget, so went with Sepp Straka. Uh, I doubt you have Sepp Straka opinions. Very few people do. Something happened with him at this course last year. Did he have one like really good round or something? Was it or so? I mean, he missed the cut and he sucked last year. He was tenth in twenty twenty one. Maybe that was it. I like vaguely. I've I've seen him play at the Travelers, and I remember there being like I just have it in my head somewhere that Sepstraka and Travelers was a thing. But maybe it was. Maybe it's that. Maybe it was two years ago at the. The top ten. Uh, the year Harris English won, which is twenty twenty one, two years ago. I mean, he had a first round sixty six, final round sixty six. Yeah, that might have been it too. We might have been there for that first round sixty six. I don't know. Anyway, yeah, he plays. He plays okay at this course, so I don't hate that look at all. I would say this field kind of sucks in twenty twenty one, but it really didn't. It just there wasn't very many good players up top. You got Brooks Kepka five. Brian Harmon, 5. Jason Day, 10. But DeChambeau played. Dustin Johnson played. Cam Smith played. So, some good players in that tournament. Uh, Neiman played. So Yeah, it's it's always been... So, the big thing with the Travelers is where's the U.S. Open, right? Because it always comes after the U.S. Open. So, for a lot of these guys, the most recent U.S. Opens, like last year was at Brookline, Massachusetts. It's an hour and a half north. Like, these guys are like, yeah, I'll go play the Travelers. It's an hour drive. You know what I mean? 
So, like, I'm glad they elevated it this year because flying across the country from L.A. after the U.S. Open was probably going to have a lot of guys being like, no. But, like, you know, the U.S. Open is so frequently held in New York, Massachusetts, you know, up here in the Northeast that these guys are like, yeah, we'll just go play another tournament, whatever. It's a cool tournament. It's a good course, uh, good crowds, all that. Um, I don't know where I was going with that. Sepstraka? Travelers? I mean, I, I oh the fields. Oh, you were yeah. talking about field strength. Yeah. So the fields here are usually decent because, like I said, a lot of the a lot of the top players are already on this side <laughs> of the country playing the U.S. Open, so they just they just play it. Um, so it's not like this is a crazy crazy field relative to like because I've you know I'm trying to think like I've seen almost every top golfer live, and the only golf tournament I've ever been to is this one. And it, and I've only been to it the last two years, and I've seen Kepka, DJ. Glad I got to see those guys before they, they bounce. But Kepka, DJ's been here. Cantlay, uh, Scheffler. I saw Scheffler throw his putter last year, which was awesome. Scheffler threw his putter at his bag last year after three putting on, one, two, three. I think five. I think hole five. And he's, he's like the most through. mild mannered golfer out there. Yeah, they didn't show it on TV, but I was there. I saw it. It happened. Let's pull up that. Was he going through a bad run? Because after he won the Masters last year, he fell off a little bit compared to his crazy standards. So maybe it was just like in the middle of a of a um, slump. No, I mean, he was second at the U.S. Open the week prior. I mean, I don't know. I guess he was just pissed. But Stuff he, happens. Yeah. Uh, I've seen Spieth, Shaw, like I, I like all. So I know that this field is good, or the fields are usually good because I've seen all of the top players come through here. So, but I don't know. It's interesting. It's a good tournament, and I, ho- I encourage everyone to uh, to watch and uh, keep an eye out for me. I'll try to try to get myself in front of a camera at some point. But you don't like any of your Asians here, Sungjae, Hideki. I went, I went Siwoo. I, I made money on Siwoo, and Tom's becoming one of my guys. I don't like I don't like Sung Jay. I just I, I I frankly couldn't make an argument for him. And you know I try every time. Hideki, he is uh tenth on my model and it loves him. But guess what? My model loves him every I mean pretty much every guy who builds a model with these same tools is upweighting approach, right? Approach is the most important stat. And that guy is amazing with his approach shot. Entering the final round, he was, I think, third tee to green and first in approach last last week at the U.S. Open. Like, he's probably going to kill it with the irons. And he's probably going to miss a bunch of six, seven-foot putts. And, you know, he might probably finish top 20. You know, he's usually good for that. I know he flamed out last week in the final round of the U.S. Open, but he'll probably top 20. I just... I don't know. I'll throw twenty five dollars on him to win it because I'll murder myself if he actually did and I didn't have money on it. But like, That's Ricky. I'm not going to publicly be like you should go bet Hideki Matsuyama because if you're following my advice and you're betting Hideki Matsuyama, you're probably just sick to your stomach on, after after the U.S. Open. It was frustrating. Like I don't know if you watched him at all. Oh, um, I watched. It, to me, it was pretty clear same, that just like did the, the same thing. What was the tournament he melted down at recently? I don't know. I'll play oh, it was the Memorial. It was the Memorial. Remember that were, that Hovland won. Like I was so pissed because you were all over Hideki for the Memorial. He was nine under at one point, yeah. uh, and I think that was when I texted you. Like this dude's gonna run away with this. Like he's gonna run and hide, and like just inexplicable shit. And he was doing that at the U.S. Open. He made a seven or a six on a par three he hit a ball out of play on a par three actually scheffler caught a huge break he hit basic did you see oh i don't want to talk about it that break scheffler got was ridiculous yeah i know he got a provisional and it's pretty hard to go out of bounds at, at los angeles country club no not no what happened was i'm scheffler saying decky i don't know scheffler uh, the one Hideki where he made went, six. I think he. I think he, had a, he hit one out of bounds on the par three. He or did something hit one like out of bounds. So Scheffler hit it into the, a very similar spot. Like it was that par three, and there was woods to the left. And actually, Wyndham Clark caught a huge break there too. He did the same thing. He shanked one into the trees, but his hit the tree and dropped straight down into the rough. So he found that Scheffler's went into the woods, but I 
And they said, like, you know, the, the on-course reporter was right there. was like, Scheffler can't swing at this ball because there's a there's a stump behind his club. However, that's irrelevant because there was a trackman tower between his ball and the flat. So even though he could not swing a club at his ball because it was up against, like, a stump, he got a free drop because line of sight was blocked by this trackman tower that had nothing to do with the fact that he wasn't going to be able to swing the club. And he got free relief to move to the right and put his ball in a spot where he could e- even hit it. I was like that and the Rory McIlroy embedded ball thing. Like, I don't know, man, golf, golf rules. Sometimes you're just like, what the fuck? Like, do they just make this shit up oh, yeah. as they go along? Like it does feel sometimes like they just make this shit up as they go along. Yeah, like, I don't... Yeah, that's a great point. Like, that Rory McIlroy one, I just don't know in what world you get, like, free relief. It's like, no, dude, chop it out. (laughs) Like, I don't know, like... Or take an unplayable. Yeah, I don't know. Like, you hit it there. Yeah, because it's like... Because, I don't know, maybe an hour earlier, I saw the Hideki thing. It's like, ah, shit. And you can't argue it, right? Yeah, you hit a shitty shot. You should get penalized. Like, Rory McIlroy, I mean, it was close to the hole but like i don't know dude hit your ball <laughs> I, I, I don't know but i get so what they used there was the embedded ball rule which makes sense for what it's supposed to be which is like you know if the course is super wet and you hit a fucking seven iron 130 feet in the air and it drops straight down and plugs in the ground you get to take it out of that because that's that shit right like there's nothing you could have done about that if you but, hit the ball in the air it's gonna go in this was not that this was him blasting a three wood into the side of a bunker. Uh, but again, to your point of where they kind of make it up where they go along, I'm sure if you hit a divot on the fairway, isn't it just well, sucks. Too bad, buddy. Yes. Right? Like I don't. Yes. Absolutely. I, and I've heard I've heard a lot of people say, well, you should, like like people that have been following the PGA Tour forever, like you should get free relief out of the divots, and no I one agree. argues. I am- I am one of those. Yeah. I am absolutely one of those. Like when, when I play with my buddies, like because we're not supposed to do like, like dude, I'm not hitting my ball out of a fucking divot. Yeah. I hit it in the fairway. But that's the other thing. I think part of the reason people say that is because like you hit it in the fairway. You did what you were supposed to do. You literally hit the target and yeah. you're being penalized, and that's unfair. In this case, Rory hit a bad shot. He hit it into that bunker, which was where you did not want to be, and that's where he hit it. Yeah, I mean, he That's gambled four feet forward. He's shit. He's close to the hole, but and that's the gamble. It, and he got to move it out of the bunker, yeah. which was also kind of crazy. It's I not mean, a gamble. It's a free roll. It was kind of a ball don't lie situation because he still fucked it up and made bogey, um, which is kind of funny. Actually, you could argue that cost him the, the U.S. Open. But I do find that the, the rules of golf kind of interesting. But I am definitely a – if it's in a divot in the fairway, like you did what you were supposed to do. And you get penalized for it. Like, that's bullshit. No, it makes perfect sense. Um, it also it also penalizes guys who play later in the day. Because a lot of these guys hit the tee shots into very similar spots, right? Especially, mm-hmm. like, at LACC where they're all rolling down to, like... And the later in the day you get, the more divots there are going to be. Like, I don't know. That that feels... Again, you, you hit it in the fairway, which is where you're not supposed to be, quote-unquote, penalized. You did your job. And you like that, that part will always drive me insane. Uh, but then Scheffler hits it in the woods and they're like, oh, there's a trackman tower. It's like, okay, but he can't physically hit this golf ball. It's actually not in his line of sight because the only way he could hit it would be to hit it sideways. In which case the tower's not in the way of him punching it out sideways. I, I gotta be honest. I think the whole tower thing or the stands free relief yeah. from the stands is nonsense. Like the stands didn't pop up any out of nowhere. You clearly weren't hitting it in that direction on purpose. It's a mistake. Like, yeah, the stands are there for the audience, but like, I don't know. You're the professional. <laughs> like, don't hit it into the stands. I don't. And I've complained about it with you for John uh, with John Rom because I rarely have money on John Rom, and there's been a few instances where he's cost me money or taken money out of my pocket. With I think these bullshit free reliefs, but like, or even the one, it's consistently the one had, inconsistent. I'll I'll give the PGA Tour credit for that. 
he was the one who hit it into the stands and it bounced off the bleachers and rolled to like two feet. <laughs> Which is dumb luck and frustrates me, but it's like if you weren't giving free relief for balls in the stands, I would be completely okay with that. Like, hey, you get lucky. Sometimes you get unlucky, but like if you hit it in the stands and you don't get unlucky and you just get a free relief, then it's like, all right, this is bullshit. Like, whatever. And they get they end up getting pretty good relief from it too. Oh usually. yeah. It's a clear it's, shot at the at the hole almost every time. Exactly. Yeah. yeah. And what and is they, it? You get the, like two club lengths away from the wall, so you don't you, get, you don't hit the wall. So the best thing, uh, the best way to remember that I've always heard is if you're paying for it, i.e. a penalty stroke, you get two clubs. If you're not paying for it, i.e. free relief, one. Club. Okay. Either way, it's usually like looking at the hole. They do their bullshit drop, or it's it's they know how to like drop it to where it's kind of up oh, on the yeah. grass. Obviously, they probably practice that. They put it; they'll put it too where like it's definitely gonna roll from that spot, so they get to place it. Oh yeah, I. I oh yeah, yeah, yeah. Because if it doesn't stop, if it rolls, and it's like, all right, go ahead, put, put it, it down wherever you want. Yep. It's like, yeah. Well, you have to. You're not wherever you want. You have to. You have to put it where it where it hit the ground, but you get to place it, and that's sure. the key. Yeah, yeah. Like if you ever. If you ever watch a tournament where they do ball in hand, you ever seen like a first round where it's rainy and they let them do um, lift clean in place? I'm not okay. Maybe, I, I know what I know what you're saying, but okay. You may not have played, but like the scores that day when these guys get to pick their ball up off the ground after every shot, wipe it off, and set it back down. That's when they shoot these ridiculous scores. Because like you let those dudes do that, they ain't missing. Yeah. Right. Like that's part of what makes golf hard is when you're in a tough spot or tough lie or whatever. And you let these pros pick it up and then set it down. Yeah. They, they crush. Yeah. Yeah. I wish Hideki would have gotten some free relief out of that par three that he made six at because I think he was a couple of strokes away from top 20. And dude, he had the third worst putting weekend out of anyone on (laughs) in the tournament. It was bad. It was. It was bad. Sixty to green. I think fourth approach. Is he the one that? I think he three putted from three feet, right? I'm fairly certain that at one point Hideki Matsuyama had a two foot nine inch putt and three putted. You might be right, and I just PTSD'd that out of my brain. I don't know. He had the funnier part was that I he can't had remember two- these things, dude, because it's like I'm going to bet him next week. <laughs> so he had a. He had a two foot nine inch putt. I believe it was when he made triple. He had a two foot nine inch putt for bogey, and then like a six foot seven inch putt for double. But I was like, oh, he fucking hammered that past the hole, trying to hit it to the back of the cup. So I wanted to run this past you. I think his 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 final round meltdown was more a product of him just missing putts and it eating his brain, and like he just played bad because of it. Obviously, like he was kind of due for a bad round, but is that your takeaway as well, or was it just like, yeah, you, you know, he was due for a bad round? Because I, it looked like the putting started to like weigh on him. I guess it's all the same, right? Yeah, I don't know. Like, I can't quite wrap my head around Hideki Matsuyama. Like, other than listening to you, you know. <laughs> basically come on this podcast every week and, and blow him. Like, <laughs> yeah. And then only to have you convince me to bet him and then him ruin my, my weekend. Yeah. So I kind of hate him, actually, now. Yeah. Guess, What's guess, your fault, though? Guess who's going to be on my open card? That's Hideki Matsuyama. <laughs> <laughs> no, like, I was saying to you, like, he needs to play in a course with difficult scoring conditions that has easy greens. And there's no course in the world that exists that's just that's not a thing so like like to me hit an ideal an ideal winning score for him is like minus seven minus eight like if the tournament's won at that number that's that's decky so to wrap up i think i'm actually we haven't talked about him at all but i think i am falling into the tony finau trap here he's sliding i was looking at that too he's six in my model at 3500 well is he 3500 still he's 30 at DraftKings right now. I'm okay. looking right at it. Um, no way I he like, should be below Fleetwood, in my opinion. Or even Marikawa. Who, you know, he man, he is below Fleetwood and Marikawa. Yeah, yeah, yeah. 
Oh, you're saying he shouldn't? He shouldn't be. I don't think. Maybe. No, I don't. I don't think he should be. I think he's due for a slump buster. I was looking at Tony Finau pretty, pretty heavily myself. Um, I just, he's another guy. He's like Cantley Xander, where it's just like he'll string together top tens, and I'll get on him and be like thirty eight. It's like what? 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 He just Finau needs a breakthrough victory. Like I, he just he needs it, and but this is it. Is it? We're t- you're talking about a major, right? No, I mean, his two wins came at, like, no field events. Like, where it was, like, him and Rom, right, at Mexico. He won there. He won the 3M Open, which is a comp course. To but, this. but no one was there. Yeah. Like, yeah. His, two, his, his two wins have come at, like, literally zero field events, where there was nobody in the top ten except him and maybe... It was essentially him versus John Rom in Mexico. Like, among, like, they were the only two top 50 players there. And that's oh. what happened. And the same thing happened at the 3M, if I remember correctly. He's got four wins in the last calendar year. 3M Open, won the next week at the Rocket Mortgage Classic, neither of which are another, tough another courses. Houston Open earlier this year, which is a decent little win. Who was there? Now, I don't running? think it was a nice – I don't think it was a strong like he, field, uh, but it's a good that, course. Shuffler played. That's the point I'm trying to make. Is like I think he needs one of these, and I think this is a course where – he could get it done, um, and I'm going to be on Fowler because I'm pretty much at this point just going to bet Ricky Fowler um, all the time. But I also think that, like, I still think his number is pretty good given where his game is right now. Like forty to one for Fowler, who was in contention, and like you said, I'm just re- somebody else mentioned that coming back off a strong U.S. Open. And then playing well at the Travelers is actually fairly common. Um, so, yeah, those are a couple guys I'm on. Um, we talked you know, JT fo- offline. There's gonna. I just. I. I yeah. just. I don't. You made a great point where he could be in his his Spieth day, Fowler slump, and that's just that's just his season. He just sucks his season. I just want to find the fuck the rock bottom and then be like, all right, cool. I got him here. And this plus 6,000, it feels like, like Justin Thomas has got worse odds than Cameron Young, who sucked lately. Um, and Shane Lowry, who can't putt to save his life. I guess neither can Justin Thomas tie with Brian Harmon. Great course history. You don't really have much of an issue with that, but it's like JT's going for a number that, I mean, since I've been betting golf, I've never, I've never seen him at, I've never seen him at 60 to one. Like remember a couple we, months ago, we we're like 30 to one on JT. You have to bet it. What's his matchup? Is it even offered? Are you oh, trying to are you trying to fade him or what? Are, what are you thinking? I was just curious who the books, but they put him against Cam 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 Young, and JT is actually plus one hundred in that matchup. Yeah, well, I got something to write about. I'll bet Justin Thomas there. I kind of like JT there, too. Yeah, Because I think sure. Cam Young is, like, his game is an absolute mess as well. And, I mean, he's got, like, a lot, like, obviously a, a lot worse of a resume. Like, Justin Thomas has won 15 times. He's he's won two majors. Cam you Young Cam- is, is a beast, but he ain't won he shit. Here? Uh, I don't he's know. He's bad this year. Yeah, like Justin Thomas has been bad, and he's been even worse at his standards. But I, I, I cashed him at a top ten, top five, I think, at the Phoenix Open. So he's had tournaments like Cam Young is seventh at the Masters, tenth at the API, twentieth at Genesis. But otherwise, he sucked. Like, yeah, well, was that mass like the top ten at the Masters and the match play? He played really well at the match. Oh play yeah, yeah it made me money there. Yeah, yep. losing in the in the final round, but otherwise, yeah. Cam Cam Young is thirty first on my model. Justin Thomas is twenty second. Justin Thomas crushes easy courses, crushes comp courses. He sucks for putting. Cam Young's worse at putting on Ben Grass. So I, I'm gonna I'm gonna take Justin Thomas in a head to head matchup. And does, I'm gonna take Rory. Plus, do either of well. them have course history? Because I don't see I don't see travelers for Cam Young last year. Um, I'll pull it up right now. Just give me second damn we're going long here 
This is good. I don't um, see him. I don't he think he's played here. Cam, Cam Young has not played the Travelers. Um, um, Justin Justin Thomas doesn't play well at the Travelers. He had a, he had a, a T three, I think T three third place in 2016. Hasn't played the last two years and sucked the past two years. Has been putting terribly at this course. But again, like it's hard to knock Justin Thomas for putting when you're comparing him to Cam Young, who cannot putt. <laughs> they can't putt at all, you know? And, like, Cam Young's big thing is crushing the ball. This this course, you don't need to. It's 6,900 yards. Yeah, I agree. So. Yeah, I would. I like that that as well for you. I like that look for you. Yeah, I'm going to go Thomas plus 100. And, I'm yeah, like I said, I'm going I'm to take Rory plus 105. Well, Cantley's got the course history, but McElroy's a better player, and I'll take the plus money. But think that I think that covers it. I mean, if we get talking anymore, we're gonna I'm gonna be broke by next week. <laughs> <laughs> well, with the run, well, maybe this is the week though, bud. Yeah, I mean, I suck in the majors outside the open. I hit the Colonial a couple weeks ago. It's hopefully it's a bounce back spot for me. I mean, money's money. I don't care where which one of these tournaments I win. So well, you can text me. I'll 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 give you reports live from the course because I'll be there Friday morning at six thirty a.m. Tell me how Max Home was looking. I will. All right, guys. Uh, please share this podcast with friends. Um, show us some love on social media at Jeffrey underscore Clark at Real Dan Zach Z A K on Twitter. Um, check our stuff out at Outkick.com. Um, outkick.com backslash betting. Sometimes you'll see Dan Z's stuff there. He he has kind of a a wider scope of, of things he covers, but thanks Big J for journalist, listen- baby. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Thanks for listening. And, uh, talk to you probably next week. Peace. Peace.